Welcome, welcome into the Dynasty Monarchy post first round reactions, thoughts and reactions episode. Today, we're going to get into some great stuff. We're going to be going over all the skill position players, as well as the quarterbacks that were drafted and going to be talking about a notable quarterback that has not been drafted yet and Will Levis as well. A lot of exciting stuff about these position players, and we're even more excited for round two. We're going to be having a show coming up earlier next week, but this episode today, we're going to be going over what happened in round one and how that's going to change everyone's values of set players as well as rookies. I wanted to thank our presenting sponsor of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast, Underdog Fantasy. Use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for $100 in bonus cash. Use the code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, $100 in bonus cash at Underdog Fantasy. They're the presenting sponsor of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 86A of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. It is going to be Friday, April 28th. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in for the first time in a very, very, very long time. Max and Super Producer are not holding it down in Cleveland. They're holding it down in the city of brotherly love with me. We're all here, the entire podcast, sitting in one living room together, the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, for the draft. Before you get in the episode, I just wanted to ask everyone, what are you most excited for in the second round coming up before we get into these, these rookies today? I'm excited for the trade that just went down in our league. I am uh, genuinely stoked for it, honestly. I, uh, I got a smile on my face uh, ear to ear. I, I need some time to process, I guess. I feel like I just got a pretty good deal. Um, but I'm just excited to be here with the boys to talk about these players and to see where DeAndre Swift ends up. Yeah, man, it's exciting. We're here. We've just been kind of hanging out, seeing the city a little bit. Um, it's been exciting so far. A pretty electric first round. I'm super excited to see, you know, how these running backs shake out, especially kind of later round, second, third, fourth round picks. And, you know, the wide receivers, too. I feel like there's still a decent amount of of solid wide receivers on the board, but it's pretty electric, man. It, you know, it's cool to actually sit next to each other and do a podcast as opposed to over zoom. Um, but it's exciting, man. I think uh, we got a good up here. If anybody at home is listening, this kind of reminds me of that one meme of the little kids sitting around the table. Uh, and it was like the YouTube video, uh, just for anybody, if you know, you know, this is a little funny, but, uh, for me personally, for the second round, I'm really excited to see where some of these running backs go. I think this is going to be very pivotal in your rookie drafts. We're going to get into it right here about the first round, but not a lot of, uh, hyped places for these rookies uh, in the first round. So these second round running backs, they might be a little bit of a hotter commodity in your rookie drafts coming up. So it's going to be very exciting today. Tune in seven o'clock Eastern standard time this Friday for the second and third round. Gentlemen, anything before you get into the episode? Let's get into it, man. I'm itching to talk. Oh, uh, Max. And again, I always say this. He's got the Grinch grin on right now. Ear smiling ear to ear. He's uh he's had two fixes of trades today. He's a uh, he's an addict. 
I'm not done either. I He's got not at least done. one more today. All right, let's get into the episode. But before we do that, I wanted to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for a $100, $100 deposit match in bonus cash. Uh, Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play best ball fantasy football. It's personally my favorite, and I know everyone else in the Dynasty Monarchy podcast around here has multiple leagues in that as well. They do best ball mania, the puppy, all these different big uh, massive prize pool, massive, massive, massive prize pool, best ball drafts. Uh, they also have over-unders, pick-ems, et cetera, depending on your state. Wanted to thank them so much because they help keep this podcast afloat. Uh, anytime you use our referral code MONARCHY and get a $100 deposit match in bonus cash, you actually help support the podcast as well. So wanted to thank Underdog Fantasy as well as all of you for helping and keeping Underdog Fantasy in our corner and for your continued support. Let's get into our first round breakdown. All right, everyone, welcome back. We're going to just do a little bit of a impromptu episode. This is reaction. So it's around noon on Friday that you're listening to this uh, when we're recording. We have a lot of quarterbacks go in the first round, not as many as we thought. But we're going to skip on quarterback for now. We're going to talk more about the skill position players first and foremost. So we'll go skill position, then quarterback, and then break down any adjacent pieces towards the end, like DeAndre Swift, et cetera. So let's talk first and foremost at the eighth spot this year. Bijan Robinson goes to the Falcons. Nixie, you have been on Bijan for a couple of years, wanted you to start off the conversation here. Not the best place he could have like possibly gone, but definitely high capital. They're building something there in Atlanta. Tyler Algier, thousand yard rusher in the fifth round. What is Bijan's ceiling next year? Dude, the ceiling's RB one. I mean, I feel like I, I'm not off the wall to say that. I mean, people might be a little down on the landing spot, but I feel like it doesn't matter for Bijan. He could have gone somewhere uh, worse. I feel like they still have they have some good pieces around him. I'm not really sure about offensive line per se, but. Bijan's just he's him so nothing really changes for Bijan it would have been maybe nice to see him go to the Eagles as opposed to the Falcons or something like that I mean I don't know how you guys feel but I think it doesn't really change too much he's going to be a stud yeah no I I agree I mean I think that when you look at it in the grand scheme of things and you look at what the Falcons are doing I think from like a regular perspective I mean to have Kyle Pitts Drake London Bijan Robinson that's like a dynasty team in itself you try it out with Ritter for this season. If it doesn't work, then you probably you tank, whatever it is. You get Caleb Williams. Bang. Like, you're set for a really good amount of time with those position skill players. So, Bijan still, everyone's 101. I know, Peter, you thought about maybe offering a trade for 101. You want to go into that? I decided just to inquire on 101 and send, like, just a thinking about it package to this guy just to get, like, a, a temperature check. You know, is the is the pot boiling or not? Am I going to burn my finger if I uh, jump in the pool? So I said, I have uh, the 103 in this current year's draft. I traded for it. Maybe Max and I can break it down that trade after. I think I kind of got uh, a little bit fleeced for it, but uh, benefit of the doubt, maybe I didn't. Let's see. But I offered 103, 110, and I didn't, I wouldn't, and again, I never intentionally wanted this to go through. So I just wanted to get a reaction out of the guy who has 101. So it was 103, 110, and then A.J. Brown, which is a crazy overpay for 101, essentially B. John Robinson, in my opinion, right? And the guy said he would need an even bigger haul, almost double that. So 
101 is a great pick, and he's going to be a generational player in the league if he can stay healthy, if he stays on the right track. But to like anybody that owns that pick is not getting rid of that pick at this point. You can inquire in your leagues, but I would just I would just wait. I would I would probably I think you get a better deal trading for Bijan than trading for 101. I will say this though. I think there's a scenario out there, and honestly, it's weird because this guy that has one-on-one in our league actually has a scenario where he has Drake London on his team too. Yeah. So it's like, yes, he's going to take Bijan. And are you fine rolling out Bijan and Drake London every single week moving forward? It's all going to depend. And I don't know. I don't know if I am comfortable with that. You know, like I feel like you could trade the one-on-one and get like a Brees Hall plus maybe um, for that owner. Especially off an ACL tear from Brees. Next up, next player we wanted to talk about is Jameer Gibbs, the absolute shock of the night, without a doubt. Uh, at 12, we always, everyone here probably thought they were going to go defense. We thought, yeah. you know, they have Swift, they have Montgomery, they have JMO, they have Amon Ra, they have these pieces. We'll, we'll definitely break down the DeAndre Swift aspect of this trade later because at this current moment, it looks like the Lions are going to ship him somewhere. That place is to be determined at the, the time of recording, but. Let's talk about Gibbs and what he can add to the offense, assuming that Swift is gone. Is he your locked in 102 at this point in your rookie draft? Gibbs? Yes. I think it's team dependent. I think if you need wide receiver, I'd still go JSN or QJ. Um, We'll talk about them. But if you need running back, the draft capital for them to take him at 12 is insane. They really like this guy. If they're trading up, they're reacting like that. And if they're taking him at 12, when they could have got him at 18, or even at pick 30, whatever they have today, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Gibbs is a very, very special talent, but it's just as team dependent for me if he goes one on two. Yeah, for me personally, I look at, you know, Dan Campbell's a kind of rah-rah guy, and if you ever look at him, he's always hyped about everything, but I've never seen that man that juiced up about a pick. Uh, even Aaron Glenn, uh, who's the D.C. there? was juiced up for that pick. So whenever a defensive guy gets really excited about an offensive piece, that's how you know he's a real difference maker and a game changer. I, I look at I look at this pick and I say, okay, you have David Montgomery there, right? David Montgomery's going to probably work the goal lines. Yep. But I think we'll talk about Swift again later. Yeah. But they thought they were getting one thing with Swift, whether it's an attitude problem, whether it's a practice problem, whether it's, you know, whatever, maybe injury, whatever. Also, whatever the kind of problem is with Swift, they realize we're just going to get basically what we thought Swift was in this year's draft. Yeah. And they got him higher. They trade, they drafted him higher than they drafted Swift in the prior year. Correct. In the prior, whatever, two years, three three years years ago. ago. Yes. Right. So I think Gibbs is going to be the culmination of what the Lions wanted to do with that run game. They have by far and away one of the best offensive lines in the league. It's like them, the Eagles, and maybe one or two other teams. I would not be shocked if Gibbs is not only getting touches inside, in between the tackles, but also working kind of like how Camaro works outside zone, screen game. And then they really let those hard yards, those like third and ones, those like really hard, hard, hard down and distances go to Montgomery and take the wear and tear off Gibbs there. I, I wouldn't be nervous to draft Gibbs if Swift leaves. And again, we'll talk about Swift later. Anything yeah. from you, Nixie? I feel like he's more a lock at 102 if it's a PPR league because yes. I think we were kind of talking about it. And even I think the last episode, it might have been the last episode, but 
I was comparing him to DeAndre Swift because it was that trade that Max will allude to it. I mean, later on in the episode and talk about it, but I really see them as, as similar players. And obviously the lions like him better. You're going to expect, like you were saying, Pete, like 50, 40% of the carries uh, for Gibbs here and, and kind of take over that role. That's what you have to expect, though. I mean, I you know, you never expected Gibbs to go in and is going to take over a backfield and get 80, 80, 85 percent of the carries. I think we were even talking about it and I did some research, looked it up like Jameer Gibbs in his whole college career had four rush attempts inside the five yard line for his whole college career, which is it's pretty shocking to me, even in the red zone. I think numbers were crazy. I think he had maybe like 30 carries in the red zone for his whole college career. So you're not going to expect him to, I mean, maybe he'll get more red zone touches in the NFL. I feel like, but for goal line, he's not going to be it, but he has the the crazy upside for yeah. PPR. And I feel like where it, it gets interesting is like half PPR. I feel like I would lean probably JSN still, but I feel like that's where the conversation starts, but PPR I'm still. I think, I think something that really needs to be talked about is you look at your rookie drafts, right? A lot of people do them before the draft, which I can understand. A lot of people don't, not a lot. Some people do it directly after the draft, like let's say next weekend. So like a week after the draft, then you have your picks. But some people do it in June and maybe even a little later, some other teams after they get some information. If you're a later drafter, I would be listening closely on Gibbs and what's coming out of the camp. Is he going to be down a distance? Cause you know, these reporters are going to be asking these types of questions. If they start to talk about how he's really not going to be, he's going to be like, Oh, he's our third down back. Like If they start saying that stuff, I would be very cautious. I'd be very nervous. But if they start talking about him as a premier guy, which, you know, he's a top 12 pick. He should be a premier styled featured player in your offense. I would be all over it. Uh, on top of this, something I will say, this is just a tiny like little nugget to put in the back of your head. He might receive extra receiving work the first six weeks of the year with the uh, suspension of Jamison Williams. I still really believe in Jamison Williams. I, I'm probably on the outside here. I feel like he's lost a lot of, he lost a lot of the favor that he curried last year. Um, but if his receiving, like if he's going crazy over the first couple of weeks, catching like six balls a game out of the backfield, like five, six balls a game and getting 50 receiving yards. If you're looking for more stability at running back and you don't want to take a risk, that is, I think, the time that you sell him is right around week five. If if and then this is a huge if, if he starts off the season kind of hot receiving like that, because it's not going to keep up when uh, when Jameson Williams comes back. All right, let's keep moving on. Number 20. Number 20 overall Seattle Seahawks go Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's the first wide receiver off the board at 20. He kind of fell. A lot of teams thought it was going to be like the 14, 15, 16, 17 range. These receivers did tend to fall a little bit more. Max, wide receiver three in Seattle with Geno Smith giving the ball. I know you love JSN. You've been talking about JSN for a couple of years. I love him too, but I just don't love the spot. I love the talent. If he was a wide receiver two there, I'd be considering him at 102, maybe even 101 if you really needed wide receiver over running back. Yeah. What is your thought as him being a wide receiver three probably for the next two years? Yeah, I mean, Nixie and I, we were actually 
I mean, obviously we're all in Philly. We were breaking this down last night. We were looking at contracts, lockets, DKs, everything like that. And then we were also looking at like targets and then catches last year. I mean, DK had, I think it was 90, Lockett had like 80 something. And then the most surprising one was Fant. Fant had 50 catches on 64 targets, which is very, very efficient for Noah Fant. Um, I think this is a great addition to Seattle's offense, an already scary offense with Kenneth Walker, EK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and then you add Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I think is the best receiver in this draft. But then, like you said, Peter, the landing spot's not that great. Um, but in two years... For fantasy, it's not great. For fantasy, yeah. So, I mean, like if if you would have went to the Chargers, it would be a different story. We'll talk about the wide receiver that did go to the Chargers. Um, but I, I honestly am still really high on Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think if owners are not, then I would try to be trading up maybe. And I also think that you could get him next season on a little bit of a downgrade if, Lock- 100%. if Lockett and DK are balling out this year. Something that, that we try to stress on this show is you buy the player, you don't buy the pick, right? Because sometimes these picks just start going for crazy values. A year from now, JSN could be worth you know a singular first, a mid first, just based on him being a wide receiver three in this offense and not performing to the level that a top three overall pick should in your fantasy drafts, right? So if you really want him bad and the owner isn't budging and wants to maybe even sometimes three first for these early, early picks, relevant value, I would just wait and then buy the individual player. Uh, there's a uh, there's a concept. I love trading cards and I love uh, like antique trading cards and, and stuff like that, vintage stuff. But what's start to become a big thing in the community is ripping open these packs and it's like $200 for a box and you get the entire box of the packs and you rip open these packs in a $200 box. It could have a thousand dollar value, but 99 out of a hundred times, it's going to be worth $50 after you rip it open. Right? So what the community has started doing is it's you buy singles, you buy the card that you want. You don't buy the pack. You don't buy the box. You buy the card that you wanted that would come out of it. You don't take the risk and buy a $200 box. You Buy the $1,000 card, or sometimes after it's over, you buy the $50 card. It doesn't matter. You buy the card. You don't buy the pack. I hope that analogy kind of worked, but that's been my idea moving forward. But at this point, the reason why I traded for 103 earlier today, I can't afford to pay the price on a, on a young running back, and I'm going to be taking running back. Running backs are the weird thing. Wide receivers, there's there are a dime a dozen, these good wide receivers. But the running backs are hard to come by. You got to swing. You got to you got to open the packs on the on the wide receivers. Yeah, dude, I really like that analogy. Honestly, I feel yeah, it's like true. it's it's a perfect analogy as far as rookie pick value goes, and and kind of getting these prospects. But um, and uh, yeah, JSN, I feel like he's going to be a prime buy candidate. Like you guys were talking about. I mean, realistically, his floor. I we were talking about it with Fant. You would expect those tight end targets and interceptions to come down. Cause you would assume JSN just goes right into the slot role. Yeah. Um, and he's going to get all those kind of short area targets eat up for sure. Fant. So, I mean, you could expect maybe 50% of those. So like 50 catches, 60 catches, maybe as a floor for JSN, I feel like it's realistic. Obviously he could with injury, everything he could, you know, bump that up, but to take him at 102 or 103, it, it could be a shock to whoever takes him that he's not going to get 115, 120 targets. And then he had, looks on paper that he has a bad season. And that's the prime buy, because if you can get him for a late first 
next year after the season's over. I mean, that's, I feel like that's money in the bank. I mean, DK Lockett, they're under contract until I think they're, they become unrestricted free agents, both of them in 2026. There's going to be a buy window the next couple of years, at least for JSN. I mean, I could be off and maybe they feature him more, but the way it looks, it's, it's not the best landing spot for JSN. Um, but yeah, I still like it. I think we should move on to the next guy. Quinn Johnston, Texas Christian University, goes to the Chargers. Another wide receiver three. He's going to be the wide receiver three in that offense. I look at Quinn Johnston and I say, look, he didn't completely dazzle with his route running ability. He's a big body receiver. He's literally Mike Williams 2.0. Correct. A lot of people are talking about him as a one two candidate. If you really like Herbert and you like this offense, Kellen Moore's coming to town. I think this is the riskiest pick. This is the biggest boom bust pick in the first round for any of these wide receivers. In the first round, of your rookie drafts. I think in the NFL, he'll be a decent, decent back end first guy. But I think in your rookie drafts, he can either be worth two, two and a half first next year, or he could be worth, you know, a second. I feel like he has true boom bust potential here. Nixie, this is your guy. So I'll let you talk about it. And I think you're going to talk a little bit about the aging wide receivers there as well. I definitely liked him in the pre-draft process. I think there are some red flags, but I liked him more so because he's a big wide receiver. He might be, I mean, not the biggest wide receiver in the class would probably be A.T. Perry, but same (laughs) kind of build though. Like, I mean, he's six, two, maybe six, two and a half. All these other wide receivers are so tiny and, I liked him just for the ceiling upside. As far as the Chargers go, uh, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, they are older. Uh, They're both under contract through the 2024 season. This is another situation where I feel like there's going to be a prime buy window when he's the wide receiver three this year, probably won't produce a ton this season. I mean, I'd I'd buy him in because he'll probably still go early. I mean, if you could buy him for a late first after the season. I, I, I can see him having a Christian Watson type season where the first half of the year, he really like kind of disappears in the shadows of the other two players. And then out of nowhere, Keenan Allen gets hurt for a three or four game stretch. And you know, Mike Williams isn't going to play every game and he's the only guy in town and he catches two touchdowns in a game. It goes for like 70 yards and seven catches. And everyone's like, Oh, Quentin Johnston has arrived and his value is going to go through the roof. I think if you're going to buy in on him, you have to buy in on that initial dip. Because at the end of the season, if he does hit when these guys eventually do get hurt, and if the Chargers are who we think they are and they're going to go compete for a playoff spot in the AFC, which is going to be hell, they're going to need him to contribute. Yeah. So this is a guy I actually want, at the end of this year, I want you to predict right now, boom or bust candidate for the end of this season. If you think he's going to be good, a.k.a. boom, Bad, a.k.a. bust. So if you think you should buy in early this year or if you think you should buy in late. I mean, I, I exactly what you said a couple seconds ago, Peter. I'm like, you can't buy in. You can't buy in late because if you buy in late, everyone's going to be like, oh, well, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are probably on their way out next year. Like, I'm not going to sell now. I invested this high end draft pick on him. One oh two, one oh three, maybe one oh four. You're not going to sell and take a loss like that just after one season. Right. Yep. So you have to get in and right when the windows like. You have to, you'll still have to pay a decent amount. Like you said, he could be worth a second. I don't think that, but I think he could be worth like a first and a second, like a late first and a second. And I feel like someone would sell him for that. It just depends if they're like fed up or whatnot, you know? So 
I like this pick. I like his size. Um, I had 103 last night, and this kind of saved my night because I was like, all right, at least I get QJ on the Chargers. But when you actually think about it, the Chargers, they already have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, who are like the same thing as Quentin Johnson, right? I would almost rather them gone with like a Zay Flowers and oh, gone yeah. with like percent and just completely change that up. But it is what it is. I think Quentin Johnson is probably my 103 right now, maybe 104. Again, second round to be determined on values for these rookies. Let's keep moving forward. A guy, I feel like we really don't have to talk about Zay Flowers too much. His stock absolutely plummeted getting drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. Another potential wide receiver three this year. You have Odell in town, Bateman, who's coming back, who I'm not a big fan of, and Zay Flowers. That's your. That's going to be your opening day starting three receivers. I don't think Zay Flowers, especially in that shortened passing pie, he's probably the fourth yep. or fifth option. Yeah. Fourth or fifth option on that team. You can run the ball, number one. Run the ball with Lamar, number two. Mark Andrews, number three. Odell, number four. Bateman, number five. Yeah. Or Zay Flowers, number six. So not the best spot. I can see him slipping towards the back end of your first round drafts. Max, this is this is one of your guys. I know you and Nixie can talk. I'm not super high on him, so I'll let you guys have the floor. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have too much to say. Like Peter said, the landing spot's not that great. You got Mark Andrews there. They, they run the ball a lot. Um, this is a guy that I really do think will fall to the back of the first round and will be like a 110, 111 type guy. And I'm fine taking him there. His speed in itself is enough for me to take him there. I love Zay Flowers coming out because of his speed, his elusiveness, his route running and all that. This was the one situation that it didn't matter if it was Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, whoever went here was dropping in the draft boards. It just so happened to be Zay Flowers. The more I'm thinking about it, it's I don't think it's as bad as we're kind of making it out to be. One thing we didn't talk about, Lamar Jackson just signed a monster contract extension, so he is going to be there, which is, I mean... It's not the best just from a scheme standpoint, but you look at the wide receivers there, it's not inspiring by any means. I mean, Zay Flowers legitimately could be the number one. I mean, obviously, yes. Andrews is the number one, but as far as the wide receivers go, Bateman hasn't really produced too much and gets hurt often. You can't project injuries. I get that, but that's just been his history over the past two years. Odell. I mean, he's on a one-year contract, gets hurt frequently as well. Who knows if he can withstand a whole season of of playing football after two years off, a year and a half off. Zay Flowers could just get the majority of the wide receiver targets there from day one. And as far as the pure volume goes, it might not be amazing, but it might not be as bad as we're making it out to be because Lamar sustained Hollywood when he was there. And I, I do think there is a path where he can – produce okay he's going to be a tbd guy that i go into this draft if you're taking a pick on him he's like we were talking about with quentin johnston i think even more he's a boom bust candidate yeah. for this first round draft that's why he's going to slide a little bit be towards that back end especially with the depth at running back in this class uh let's move forward uh last wide receiver on the board in the round then we were going to talk about kincaid and then send everyone on their merry way jordan addison Call me crazy. I want you to say, PJ, you're crazy. I'll let you know, Peter. Just No, just say it to me beforehand. Pete, you're, you're crazy. You're a crazy man. I think he's my wide receiver one. I don't it, think you're a crazy man, Pete. I, I, look at, I look at the landing spot, right? And I know something that we've always preached is you take talent over landing spot on this podcast. Jordan Addison, it's not like he's some schlub. Nope. It's not. It's my thing with him, we look at Jordan Addison. 
Somebody, somebody I always like to talk about where landing spot affected him a million percent was Clyde Edwards-Alaire. First round running back, goes to the Chiefs, played on that LSU team, right? What everyone seems to forget is that LSU team was probably one of the best teams of all time. And a running back, all he has to do is just find the hole, run through it, right? Sure. Bijan Robinson is a difference maker because he wasn't on the best team and was able to put up the stats that he was putting up. Jordan Addison won the Bolitnikoff, getting the ball from Kenny Pickett, playing for Pitt. Yeah. Right? Then he goes over to USC, has a little bit of a down year. I think California kid, kind of hot girls, Hollywood, that kind of changed him a little bit. He knew he was going to be a first-round wide receiver no matter what. But he's the wide receiver two option there in Minnesota. And it's not like he's a schlub wide receiver two. I, you know what I honestly see out of, out of Jordan Addison this year? I see a Devonta Smith, 2022 Devonta Smith-type season where A.J. Brown got so many people looking at him. A.J. Brown got so many people looking at him. Smitty would just go off for 75 yards, like six, seven catches and a, and a touchdown, right? He's going to not only be the technical route runner that they need there to pair with Jefferson, but he is – He's a like a, a prize horse. He's like uh, he's like a secretariat when he runs out there. Wow, I'm serious. He's like he was one of those prospects. If he came out his sophomore year, which he wasn't allowed, but if he came out his sophomore year, he probably would have been a top ten overall pick, probably in yeah. the NFL draft. But since he had to stay another year, he transferred. He took a five million dollar NIL deal out in California. You don't think that affected him a little bit? Yeah, he's going to get wide receiver two DBs. They're in a bad division. Terrible division. I think there's an argument to be made. I don't know whether it will be the right argument or the correct argument, but there is an argument to be made for Jordan Addison to be the wide receiver one off the board in your rookie drafts this year. No, there really is. And I mean, I think if we just talk about it and we look at everything from a whole, I don't really think I need to expand on Jordan Addison. Um, Nixie, you might want to, but if you look at everything from a whole, man, I mean, if you have 104, I think we talked about this 104 and 105 almost went up in value. Um, you could get, I mean, obviously Bijan goes one. JSN is a great prospect. Gibbs. Um, and then you can get Jordan Addison. I'm 104. Like, I think that is a tremendous, tremendous value. 100%. I did see people have Addison as their wide receiver one pre draft. So I don't think it's that crazy. Um, I'm just not a huge fan of him. I, I think he is obviously showed the production breakout season his sophomore year. But for me, I think it's concerning that the guy weighs 175 pounds. Obviously, you can bulk and put on some weight, but how much weight could he re realistically put on? And be functional. Right. And obviously, Devonta Smith had production produced at the NFL level. Devonta Smith is a different breed than this guy. I mean, he had crazy production at Alabama, uh, won the Heisman. So I, I think there is a comparison there, but I feel like it's a tough comparison. I'm, to saying, I'm saying he's going to have that type of season where he can hide behind yeah. – Jefferson right. and maybe finish, you know, maybe top 12 is a crazy number for his rookie campaign. But I see him finishing as a top 24 wide receiver this upcoming season. It would not be a shock to me, especially with the way that Minnesota loves to sling the ball. Yeah, I could see that for sure. But for me, like last season at USC, you would expect him to go out and absolutely dominate with the best quarterback, with the best quarterback in the Pac 12. He really didn't. I mean, he had. 875 receiving yards. How many games did he play? And eight touchdowns. He played 11 games, but he didn't separate himself from the guys that are there, and they're not people that are amazing. I mean, Mario Williams, Taj Washington, these are guys that I really don't know personally. And Taj Washington had 785 yards. One last point. 
he was terrible versus man press coverage. And I think he's going to get bullied in the NFL because of it. I mean, I think he was 18th percentile beating man press coverage. Okay. So that's, that's, I'm kind of scared of him. He's a great route runner. I think he could be productive, especially like you said, with Jefferson on the other side, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty scared. Maybe, maybe the winner here, the winner at this pick is TJ Hawkinson. Any thoughts on that for two seconds? Does that move the needle on TJ Hawkinson where he's now going to become maybe the two or the three option and and not see as much no, coverage? He'll still TJ, he'll still get his feed. I mean, I think he's still a solid receiver. He's gonna have those big games, but he's also gonna have those average games. The one thing I do want to say about Addison is like the three teams, obviously, that it's very rare to see three, four wide, four wide receivers go in a row, right? Yeah. The three teams, they all had their choice, you know. It's like obviously. The Seahawks had their choice of every wide receiver. They took JSN. I think he's yeah. the best. But then it's like the Chargers, they could take Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, or Zay Flowers. I think it does say something that Jordan Addison was the last to go out of everybody. It might. So. Okay. Let's keep moving forward. Last guy uh, that we're going to talk about here is Dalton Kincaid. Then we'll do a tiny little brief segment on Swift. Yeah. And then call it a day. So Dalton Kincaid, uh, the Buffalo Bills jump the Cowboys and go take them. They jumped the uh, the Death Star, by the way. That was hilarious. If anybody saw what the, the Cowboys' uh, uh, war, room. war Room looked like. It looked like something straight out of Empire Strikes Back. It was hilarious. Um, but Dalton Kincaid, uh, the absolute machine out of the University of Utah, go Utes, uh, decided to go to the Bills uh, at the 25th pick. Is Dawson Knox uh, existent anymore? What's, what's the deal with that? I, th- I think he'll still be existent. I mean, I feel like just – Look at last year, look at Arizona, look at Zach Ertz and Trey McBride. I think it's really similar to that. These tight ends, they take a while to develop. Um, I think Dalton Kincaid will jump into the first rounds of one quarterback drafts. Superflex, I still, still think he's probably in the second round, depending on these running backs landing spots. Um, but he's going to take some time. Everyone's going to be enamored with the fact that he's with Josh Allen, that he's in this offense that's like, oh, my gosh. Um, but they obviously, like you said, they jumped the Cowboys. They wanted their guy. I'm not taking him now, earlier. Here's the thing. Hurt or help? Hurt or help on Dalton Kincaid here with the Bills? Did it hurt him that they already have Dawson Knox and there's already, you know, let's say he won't get 100% of the tight end snaps this upcoming season, like a guy like Kelsey or Goddard or all these other like big oh, yeah. name tight end, TJ Hawkinson, right? Yeah. These, these big name tight ends are going to get so much work. What do you think about him being split on time? Is it hurting or is it going to help him? be a better, maybe more efficient receiver. And that's what he has to focus on instead of blocking. I, I have no idea right now. I really don't know how to feel about this pick. Because you look at the Buffalo offense, you're like, wow, this is such a great offense. They add another weapon. He can be so great this year. But then you also look, he's got to split some time. Super producer, I think you have not uh, Knox's contract up. Yeah, so Dawson Knox, he is – an unrestricted free agent in the 2027 season Wow, has a potential out in 2025. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a long time. And I think he's going to go in the first rounds and I think those owners are going to regret it. Don't take him in the first, don't take him at 108, 109, whatever it is, because in one year's time, when he puts up maybe three touchdowns and 400 yards, you can get him for a couple seconds. I think. Yeah. I feel like realistically he's worth a third round pick. I mean, I love uh, Kincaid coming out, and I had him as tight end one. But, I mean, realistically, you cannot draft this guy even in the second round. I think you could draft him in the second. I think second round picks 
are just go get your guy. They're like kind of flyers to go get your guy. Unless Knox gets hurt. I mean, that's the only path where he's going to have any production mm-hmm. for probably the first two or three years. And then he's just going to be a roster clogger for you. And it's like, I get the upside to be with Allen and everything, but this is just not a good landing spot for him. Sadly. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather him in Dallas. Obviously, Dak loves Dalton Schultz. Well, Schultz is gone. Schultz is gone. Exactly. So he would be the, he would step in to be the guy, but like, he would probably be a first round pick. He would, I'm he not would taking, probably be 108 right there. If we, he was on Dallas, we've seen, I mean, pitch was like the last like tight end. He went obviously number four in the NFL draft, which is crazy, but we've even seen Pitts, man. He's, he's lost value over time. People aren't getting what they paid for him. You had to take him at 102, 103 in rookie drafts. If you're taking Dalton Kincaid in the first round, you're not getting that ROI first or second year back, and you're going to be disappointed. All-time nickname on Dalton Kincaid, the painter. Thomas Kincaid, great legendary painter. Sure. That's your nickname for all you sleeper heads out there. Put the artist emoji next to him. And and now I want to draft him just for that. All right. Last talking point before we call it a day on the episode, DeAndre Swift. Looking like he's probably going to get shipped off. By the time the episode comes out, this might be stale, so that's why we left it to the end. He might already be gone. But I'm hearing the Eagles. I'm hearing a lot of other teams just calling and checking in, temperature check. I actually heard a rumor about the Cardinals maybe calling and checking in on Swift. Opinions on him moving forward. How old is he now? He's 25, 24. And he's going to be having his fifth-year option come up soon. He was a second-round pick. I thought he was the first. He was second. He was Wait, like early second. First pick of the second round. Yeah. Sorry. So he's first pick in the second round. I apologize. So we look at we look at Swift this upcoming year. It's basically contract year for him. Yes, correct. This is his last year on the contract. So it's like even if he stays in Detroit, he'll be a free agent next year. He'll be 25, 26 years old. That's still for the amount of touches he's had, that's still solid. He's like Camara, where he just never had touches in college. Yeah. And he he hasn't even had that much that many touches in Detroit. They just didn't utilize him. And I think I was gonna say this when we were talking about Gibbs. Dan Campbell didn't draft Swift. He has no correlation, no, like this isn't his guy, you know? Yeah. So I would love, I just traded for Swift. We can go over that if you guys want to. Sure, right now. Um, I traded Josh Jacobs and 202 for Swift and 106. Which is crazy value, I believe. I think that's great value. I mean, you look you look at that, break it down. I mean, that's like basically Josh Jacobs. Jacobs on the verge. Jacobs on the verge of maybe one or two more good years. Maybe. He's 25. But that's, Plus you get 106, comparable pick to for the for, difference. For Jake, I think Jacobs, you could say, is maybe worth 106. And then to get Swift for a second right now, even if he sits in Detroit for a year and gets barely any time, I think yeah. they're not going to do that. Who but, are you going to take at 202 in this draft that – has the it. upside has the upside of, of DeAndre Swift. Yeah. I mean at 106, you're looking at guys like Quentin Johnson, Addison, Zay Whatever. Flowers, pick your receiver, Starbuck, pick your running back. Pick your running back three, depending on landing spot today, yeah. or you can trade it. So 106 is a just a tremendous pick. And I think if Swift, let's say Swift gets traded to name any team other than the Lions, really, I think is fair. Yeah. Um, even if he goes to like the Jets and a passing down back, that's fine, you know. Yeah. So Put, put Swift on any team for a year, better than the Lions, and I think he'll put up comparable numbers. He's one of the he's one of the rare cases where I feel like once he gets paid, he won't be just useless. If if and when, if and when, if a team's paid. going to pay him, yeah, I think at like that second out. contract because he he has like next to no mileage on him. Yeah, literally, he's not like Zeke where he's at like five thousand rush attempts and like uh, what is it? I think that's college and pro. He's almost near like four thousand, five thousand rushing attempts. It's crazy. And I know real quick, I want to. Pass over super producer here. 
like you have him in Superflex. Right when this happened, like I didn't really think like everyone's like, oh, Swift's dead. But when you really think about it, he's the odd man out. They just signed Montgomery. I bet Swift owners are getting a lot of trades right now. And I bet you're getting a lot of low ball offers. Nixie sent a 208 for Swift in our league before. Um, you can't sell him. If anything, I think he's, if you're listening to this episode today, go out and try to buy Swift in every league you can. Because I think by the time of tonight or tomorrow, he could be on a new team and his value could be double, triple. Not to uh, tell the listeners I told you so, but last week I said, get, get what you can for Swift now. I said, you know, get your first, get your second, like two firsts, get what you can for Swift now. And it's just, he, he, you knew he was going to dip in value with the way that they were projecting there. They signed Montgomery to a three-year deal. They, they signed all these guys in that, that role to big deals. So they were not committed to him. He will probably get traded before the NFL draft is over. You hope if not though, he can get traded this off season, or like I said, he can ride on Detroit for a year and then go and, get a decent contract to make a name for himself next year. All right. He's still young. Wanted to thank everyone for listening again, all of us are together uh, for the first time in a long time. So wanted to appreciate all of your support and uh, helping out the podcast, getting everyone together. It's a, uh, it's always a great time and I, I don't mean to get emotional, but I love the guys that are here and uh, we, we really appreciate everyone that's also listening as well. We love all of you and, and appreciate all of you for everything that you've done. This is our first round breakdown. We just went over a couple of different uh, scenarios where we didn't touch on the quarterbacks. We'll touch on and touch and talk on them on uh, Monday or Tuesday show. By the time it comes out to you, it might be later in the week, but we're going to do a full NFL draft breakdown. We already did first round stuff, so we won't talk too much about the skill players in the first round on Monday or Tuesday, but stay tuned. This is a very deep class. So second, third, fourth, fifth round, you're going to find some good values, especially in your rookie drafts with these players that are getting selected this weekend. I want to appreciate uh, and say thank you so much to everyone that listened uh, and have an enjoyable weekend. Crack a beer, watch the draft, and enjoy. Peace out, everyone. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell my fellow kings and queens!